Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Start with transparency, right? Well, I'm really glad to be here today. What a summer we've been having about four values here at Bridgewood that are really, really important to us. Discipleship, prayer, mission, community. We're going to continue to talk about community today. And I don't know when it was. A couple weeks ago, I heard Scott Renz and talk about a story that he and his wife Wendy went through, a testimony of something that they went through together. And I'll need a, a microphone. I forgot to ask for one. Brendan, can you grab that? And so I, when I was listening to their testimony about community and something that, how it impacted them, I thought, why wouldn't we just start with that? Why wouldn't we just start with hearing from our brothers and sisters who needed community, found it, and how that impacted their life because they had it. Sometimes our own testimonies and us sharing our stories with each other is going to be one of the greatest things that builds our faith, right? So I asked Scott and Wendy if they would come up and share for a few minutes um, about community to get us started. Well, good morning. Um, a few years ago, uh, we were in a small group. Um, I led that small group, and that small group had been meeting uh, for a couple years already. And I had just accepted a new position, and two days after I had done that, uh, Wendy was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it just totally turned our world upside down, um, just crumbled, you know, everything that uh, that we were doing. And you know, thankfully for us, we were in that small group at that time. And that small group came around us. They ministered to us. Um, you know, they prayed with us, you know, and, and we were afraid. I mean, early on when you get the diagnosis, you don't have the treatment plan or anything like that, so you're afraid. And then eventually you do get the treatment plan, and once again you're afraid because you find out that it's a year-long treatment. You know, so we're sitting there weighing it, you know, you know, should I not take this new job? Should I stay where I'm at? I mean, that the existing job, I had flex time. I could work from home, which seemed like it'd be good, you know, but yet we had felt that God had moved me into that new position. And, you know, we were praying about that, and we had our small group involved with that, and they were praying about it. And um, one day, one of the ladies uh, from our group came over to our house, and we were sitting there, and we were talking with her, and she said, you know, I really do feel that God brought us together uh, in this small group because I'm supposed to be a part of this treatment plan um, for Wendy. So we prayed about that and, you know, still needed to make the decision. Ultimately, I decided to go forward um, with the new job. Um, I did push out the start date so that I could start the treatment cycle um, with Wendy. So we went through the first round of treatment. Then we went through the second round. Uh, Our friend Sharon went through it um, with us, you know, so that she was familiar with it. And then at that point, Sharon was the one who was the primary person that would take uh, Wendy to treatment. So I'm going to let Wendy say a couple things. You know, um, our Bible study and especially Sharon were just really a remarkable gift from God during that time that enabled me to get through that really difficult circumstance with a lot more joy and actually even some fun, which you wouldn't expect. Um, As um, Sharon, she waded right in um, to the circumstances. Um, She was right there the day I had to get my hair cut off, the day that I had to look for a wig. Um, If you want to have a fun time, go out with someone and try on a lot of different wigs so you can get a different perspective on who you might be. 
Uh, <laughs> um, and also, um, she was my chemo buddy. So she was there for me after Scott was back at work. She was there for me in the chemo room. She brought in magazine articles and newspapers and fun things to think about and things that were distracting for me and kept me more connected with more of the outside world because I was um, sick and, and in the house a lot. And, and so she was really um, an integral part of that that for me was a huge blessing for her to be able to come alongside of me and be able to just make a circumstance that was a huge significant challenge, something that was um, much more joy-filled and much more fun. And she was a, a person, too, that uh, nothing phased her. It didn't matter if I was really, really ill. It didn't matter if I was having a tough day. She was right there with encouragement and strength for me. So a huge, huge benefit to have this individual connected with my life, with our lives. So the, you know, the whole group did support us, obviously. Uh, Sharon stepped right in there as part of the treatment. And, you know, and they continued to stay in contact with us. You know, Wendy was too ill that we could no longer participate, at least on a weekly basis, you know, in the, in the Bible study. But we maintained that contact, and they, they supported us. You know, ultimately, this came to a culmination for us at the time when she had surgery. So we'd already been battling this thing for like five or six months, going through chemo. Each time, Wendy was getting weaker. Um, you know, when she went through surgery, she was completely laid up for two weeks. And I, quite honestly, our, our tanks were empty. I mean, it, it had just taken uh, a lot of it out of us. So um, we came home um, from the hospital. And I don't remember if it was Sharon or another uh, Bible study member that came over and said, you know, hey, we just want you to know that, you know, for the next two weeks, we've scheduled out what the meals are going to be for you guys. We're going to be bringing meals in for you. We're going to be uh, caring for you. And, and they did that. And that was sort of the point where our trajectory changed on this whole thing because we were through chemo now. We were through um, the surgery, and this was the point where now Wendy was starting to get better, heal, and, and get restored. And as she continued to get stronger, we were able to plug back into the group more and stuff like that. And they just, they just ministered to us that, that whole time. You know, when we look back on it, we recognize that, you know, we probably could have gotten through that time on our own but it would have looked so different. I mean, it would have been difficult. I think we probably would have isolated ourselves. Wouldn't be surprised if we'd maybe be a little bit bitter today over the situation, but, but God had something better. You know, we were able to see God's love through, through other people and how they ministered to us. I mean, it, and it was a growth thing for us to, to be it's very humbling to be in that position where you need to receive. When you've been used to just being able to make things happen and work and and you're in that position where you need the help and you receive it it's humbling you know we, we were able to see the blessing in our friend sharon's life as she was obedient to the calling that god gave her as it you know as she grew in her faith as a result of that so you know this has this whole experience has totally changed the perspective that wendy and i have with you know small groups our life together groups and just community in general I mean, we look at people from a, a different perspective because of this, and we look to, you know, come alongside people in situations and that because knowing, you know, what God did for us in, in our lives. And, you know, when the Lord brought us to Bridgewood um, the first year or so when we were here, we did not have a small group. And we had discussions with each other how we actually felt exposed in our lives because we didn't have a small group. It, had, it was that important to us. So, you know, we now have a small group, and it's just such a strong component in our lives that we just couldn't imagine ourselves not having that. So.
Yeah, can you guys stay here just for a second? Um, first of all, thank you uh, for sharing. I feel like when someone shares their testimony, it's always a gift. They've given us a gift. So how are we going to respond to that? It's one of the great questions to say, Lord, what are you saying to me through their story? And what, how do you want me to respond to that? What do you want me to do about it? And um, I was just wanted to ask, you know, I was going to ask you what an impact it made, but you did such a great job. I really don't have any questions, but I just wanted to say thank you. I really love how you said that um, we could have probably made it through by ourselves, but it would have looked a lot different. So if you could choose, you know, loneliness or struggle or support and actually joy at times in the middle of crisis, it's our choice. What are we going to choose? And they chose to be in community and be in small groups. So thank you again so much, you guys. Appreciate it. Well done. You know, you hear a testimony like that, and I think, well, what else is there really to say? Um, when I was preparing for today, I, I really felt like the Lord said, make sure they see me. And I think you could see the Lord in the middle of a circumstance like that, in the middle of community. And we've been learning so much about community, and some things have been really established already with community. And one of the things that we know is that it's his design for us. It's God's design for us that we're in fellowship with each other and we're in community with each other. I mean, it's, it's beautiful when it's working really well, isn't it? And God is beautiful, and community is beautiful. I think that's one of the first points, and I am going to try and use this today. So we'll see how it goes. And Mark says there's this little laser pointer on it, too. That's kind of fun. But that's our first point, is that community is God's design. It's one of the things that he wants for us. In the middle of crises, when we're in community, we can find joy. And you know why that is? Because we find him. Because we find Jesus in the middle of other people. We look around, and that's, that's where we can see him so many times. And that's why we always ask the question, are we being Jesus to other people? Because Jesus wants to be seen in community. You know, we've been talking so much about being with God that that message could be the message for the rest of our lives, that we constantly are being brought back to being with God. Are we being with him? Are we with him right now? Are we acknowledging his presence among us? Are we acknowledging his presence among each other? And that's the other thing is that it's been established we're called to be with each other. We wouldn't be talking about community as a value at Bridgewood if that wasn't something we really needed, is to be with each other. Proximity matters. We're talking, you know, Brendan is, is beating that drum about being with God, with God, with God, because proximity matters. If Scott and Wendy weren't in that small group and they weren't in the proximity of those other people, they wouldn't have had the opportunity to step into those callings. Their friend Sharon wouldn't have had the opportunity to step into that position of a call on her life at that time in that season if they weren't in proximity with each other. So proximity really matters. We've learned that relationships are inconvenient. I think that was such a heavy word from the Lord for us. 
that we need to acknowledge that sometimes it's, we have to go out of our way to be in proximity with each other so that God can show up in the midst of that. I mean, he's omnipresent. We know he's always there. But so that his work, his kingdom work, can show up in the midst of us being together. And last week when Morgan and the youth were sharing about their time in San Diego, we learned that when we experience something together, there's a bond that happens. You know, if you've ever been on a short-term mission trip or you've ever gone to, like, feed my starving children together or if you go paddle boarding together or if you do things together and especially if there's some challenge and some struggle involved, you are bonded with those, with those people in a way. You have a shared experience. And you can't, it's hard to go back and describe it to somebody who wasn't there. You ever been to something and it was, like, so awesome and then you go to tr- try and describe it to somebody and they're looking at you like, Oh, nice. And you're like, no, it was great. It was awesome. And they're like, uh-huh. They just don't get it because they weren't there. They don't, you don't have that shared experience. And that shared experience is really um, important to grow us in deeper relationship with each other in community. So this week we're going to look at a small passage in Luke 5, specifically one piece of that small passage. The setup is that Jesus is standing by the Sea of Galilee. He's standing on the edge. And the crowd is coming around. And he sees a couple of empty boats, one of them belonging to Simon, who's later Peter, Simon Peter. And he says to him, you know, let's go out into the lake a little bit. And he sat down and he's teaching. He's teaching from the boat in, in the Sea of Galilee. And then, you know, when you're reading scripture, sometimes things will just pop out at you and you think, Lord, is this something you want to talk to me about? And it happened here in Luke 5, and I I think it's what he wants to share with us today. So Jesus is sitting down. And then starting with verse 4, it reads, When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night. And we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. You look at Simon's initial answer. His first response is, oh, really? You want me to put down the nets? We've been fishing all night. Are you sure? So nobody left this ladder out. Um, I had my husband Scott bring this in here as an illustration today. And uh, if we were to have this represent our journey with Jesus, this ladder is a little crickety. Sometimes our walks with Jesus feel like that a little bit, don't they? But if we were to look at that ladder and say, you know, this represents our journey, our obedience, our call to move on with God. You know, we might, we might become a Christian and go, okay, Jesus, I'm right here with you. I got it. I'm here with you. And then we get a hold of Jesus and we're reading his word. We're in church. We're in fellowship. We're in community. And we're saying, boy, I think God has something more for me. Jesus, are you sure? Do you want me to volunteer at church? Are you sure? Okay, I can do that. Well, rule number one, don't climb a ladder with sandals. I can do that. I'm safe here. I feel good. 
And then he might say, I want you to go through some training because I have something more for you. Jesus, are you sure? I want what you want for me, but I'm really comfortable right here. I don't think so. No, I'm really laying this on your heart because I have something more for you. So you go to school of ministry for a year. Oh, boy. Just a disclaimer here and liability and OSHA regulations. Don't ever do anything against what the ladder, sticker ladders say, or the stickers on the ladders say. Don't ever climb up above this, this step. Except when you're doing an illustration with... No, I'm teasing. Um, and so you're a little bit comfortable, and you're okay. And God says, I have more for you. What do you say? Sometimes we'll go like this. Mm, actually, I was a little bit better here. This is where I belong. This is my pace. This is where I'm going to stay. And you can see that along our journey, God is always calling us to more. Isn't he? He's always calling us to either to be in a deeper relationship with him. He's calling us to be in a deeper relationship with somebody else. He's calling us to reconcile a relationship. He's calling us to come along somebody, alongside somebody in a crisis. Who knows what it is? You, you know what that is. You know the steps that you've taken with the Lord. Intercession. I don't know what that is. You know what that is. But we can be discouraged we can say, but we've worked all night. You know, we can be at this step level and be comfortable, and we can say, well, I've worked all night, and I've worked hard. I've had a hard life, Lord. Don't ask me to do anything more. I've had a hard life. I don't want to do anything more. It's too hard. But our second response is where we want to land. It's okay to have that first response. But our second response is where we want to land. And we want to say, okay, Lord, because you say so. And when the, when the Lord says, do something, we can trust him. And you can see the fruit of that. In verse 6, in Luke chapter 5, verse 6, it says, When they had done so, when they were obedient to what God had asked them to do, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. They couldn't believe their eyes. They were obedient to what the Lord had said, and it was better than they could have ever imagined. Better than they could have ever imagined. That's what obedience with the Lord does. It surprises us that it's better than it could have ever than we could have ever imagined. Obedience brings God's best for us. And the question I have is, do we want that? Do we want that as a community? Do we want that for Bridgewood? Do we want God's best for us? And that begins with obedience. And one of the calls that we feel we're having here um, at Bridgewood is that we're to be in community. And we're supposed to be intentional about how we do that. And we're supposed to be intentional about going deeper in our relationships with each other. And then we see this. Verse 7. Actually, before verse 7. This is just an artistic drawing of what it might have looked like. You've got Jesus in the boat with two of the disciples, and they're pulling in the fish. And after they're going, oh, we've worked hard all night. I wonder if their adrenaline got going, and they're like, whoa, look at this. This is awesome. Look at all these fish we get. I mean, we're talking this is a monetary increase to them. This is food. This is look at how great of a fisherman we are. I mean, you know, there might be some pride involved in that. 
And they were surprised by it, weren't they? Because they had been fishing all night and they didn't catch anything. Their nets began to rip. So what are they going to do? And this is where I think that it just jumped out at me in verse 7. It says they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They have these partners. They're all in, they're in proximity with each other. They're with each other. They're with Jesus. And they still nod. Help. We need help. Mark was talking a couple weeks ago about sometimes it's hard to ask for help. But this is what the disciples did. And this, this, this word signaled, or this phrase, they signaled their partners. It's actually not even a, hey, SOS, we need help. It's more of a, it's just, they're, they're, they understand each other so well, it's a nod. The word, there is, it, they, they signaled, and it's almost like you think, well, were they too far away from each other that they couldn't yell? I mean, you know when you're fishing, Minnesotans, you don't fish next to, right next to the boat next to you. That's like, almost like sin. You know, you have to give some distance. So I wonder if they were fishing out a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe they weren't fishing. Maybe they were out listening to Jesus teach. I'm not sure. But we know this, that they signaled for help. And they came over to them. The unexpected happened. Their nets were being filled. The unexpected happened for Scott and Wendy. They weren't expecting that. But look what the proximity of community did in their lives because they already had that community established. So when the unexpected happens, you're ready. My husband is an electrician, and I don't know how many years ago it was when you fell. 13? You said 13? Holy smokes. Okay, so 13 years ago, he was working somewhere. I was listening, really, honey. Uh, at the airport. Oh, yeah. He was working at the airport, and he was up on a ladder, a uh, 12-foot ladder. <laughs> I should have him come up and tell the story. <laughs> he was up on a 12-foot ladder working on a, one of those gates that slide open, you know, with a, it's like a big gate to let vehicles in, and he was working on the motor or something about that gate. And he's up on this 12-foot ladder. And unexpectedly, someone pushed the button for the gate. And the gate moved, and it knocked out the ladder from underneath him, and he's up on a 12-foot ladder, and the unexpected happened. And there was nobody around. Nobody holding the ladder. Nobody saying, Scott, get out of the way. The gate's shutting. Nothing like that. So what did he do? He grabbed on. And the ladder went, and he was, you know, rotator cuff just ripped. You know, and I think about what would it have been like if somebody would have been there to warn him, somebody would have been there to uh, make sure that things were in order. I don't know. You know, just think about that, if that would have changed the circumstances for him. When the unexpected, when the unexpected comes in our lives, Community is critical. I think that's something we need to understand 
on why it's important to put community around us and make sure we're in community with the other people because when the unexpected happens, it's critical that we have community with us. So you have this process of, of Jesus calling us and, and, and maybe going and then, oh, I'm going to step back a little bit and then, and then he calls us and we go up a couple more. And, you know, this is a great illustration. But I don't think it really represents what our journey of walking with Jesus is like. Mark and Scott, could you help me for a second? I think this is more representative of what our journey with Jesus is like. Can you bring something out for me? <laughs> because remember, God is always calling us to more. Always. He has more for you. And whatever that looks like, I'm not sure. But he has more for you. Can you set that up right here? (laughs) There was another time in our lives where we had to redo the sewer out to our street. And so Scott's friends came with a big backhoe and they're digging this ditch and it's like 10 feet deep to get down to the sewer pipe so we could repair it. And they... When you dig down um, any kind of mining or any kind of construction and you're digging down really super deep, there's a certain way that you have to level the ground so that it doesn't cave in on you. And we're trying to do this a certain way so we only have to cut up so much of the street and otherwise we have to get all this city work involved. And Scott's down in the hole and he's, wow, it makes me emotional. And he's digging and um, I'm watching you know, I'm just, he's down in this hole, and the, the ground is very sandy. And all of a sudden, his friend up top goes, Scott, look out! And you see Scott just go, boom! And he knew exactly, instinctively, what to do, which makes me think you were in this situation before. And, <laughs> and he leaped, and his feet got covered with, with the sand. The thing had caved in. And I thought, what if his friend wasn't there to say, Scott, look out. Community, we need people around us. And those are examples. You know, are they really in true community? I'm not sure, but it's an example for when crisis happens, we need it. So actually, this ladder really represents more what it's like to walk with Jesus. And when we have community around us, it helps us do things that maybe we might be a little afraid to do, right? So I'm going to ask Brendan who told me two weeks ago, or last week, that he's a little afraid of ladders. So I would like you to come. God's, God's up there, Brendan. Clap all you want. No, you have to do this. See, your clapping even helped him get out of his chair. So God's up there, Brendan. He says, boy, I really love what you've done with me so far, but I have more for you. Is messed up. Can you take a step? Take a step. Don't turn his mic on. We don't want to know what he has to say. (laughs) How are you feeling, Brendan? You don't want to know what I have to say. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then all of a sudden he hears from the Lord. And he says, I want you to do this. I want you to go work in the prison ministry. What? I've never been there. I can't do that. What are you going to do? Yeah. 
Okay. Mark and Scott, can you come and hold the ladder? Sure. So now, you know what God's call on Brendan's life is. Oh. <laughs> that was him, not me. <laughs> Heads up. Blaming is not what you should do in community. <laughs> Good job. You went to the prison ministry. Good job, Brendan. I'm calling you to go to Africa and dig a well where it's 120 degrees. You're going to leave your family for two weeks. Come and do this with me. (laughs) Then the Lord's going to ask him to do even maybe something harder than going to Africa and digging a well. Go visit your neighbor. Oh, I'm surprised. Look at him. Look at him going after all that God has for him. Can I have a couple more come up? Laura, Mark. Hold the ladder. Sammy, do you want to come up and hold the ladder for Brendan? Because you know what? God has more for him. God has more for you. God has more for me. God has more for all of us. You want to come up and hold the ladder? You look nice and strong. Wendy, you've been through a lot of experience. You want to come up and hold the ladder for him? <laughs> you've got people with commun- uh, experience around you. You've got people who care about you. You've got Someone people who love you. And, and God says, not only go visit your neighbor, bake him a pie first. <laughs> yeah, you. Bake a pie and then go visit your neighbor. You have somebody who's OSHA certified, Scott Fran, of that. will make sure he doesn't go too far and, and get out of line with what the Lord is asking him. He'll say to him, you can't go past this step. He'll make sure that the legs are secure. That's why he kicked the leg, because he wanted to make sure that it was secure. And then the Lord says to Brendan, I want you to go be with someone who's dying. I'm making this up as I go, by the way. And it's one of your good friends. What are you going to do? Yeah. So you can see the look on Brennan's face. This is so awesome because he's totally afraid. And yet, because he's surrounded by community and they know, what are you guys going to say to Brendan? You can do it. You got it. We got the ladder. Can you come join the community? Mr. Brower, can you come join the community and hold the ladder? Because God has more for Brendan again. And if, 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 if Brendan is in a place where he can say, I think, if he can be vulnerable enough and say, I think God is calling me to this, what is his community going to say to him? They're going to say, we're with you. They're going to say, you can do it. So they're going to say, Brendan, we want you to lead a bigger church. What are you going to do? (laughs) I'm getting a nosebleed. Not throw up. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys as a community would be right there ready. 
Okay, Brendan, thank you. Just a simple illustration to see that Brendan's body language, even though he was hesitant to the obedience of Jesus, actually the obedience of me, um, he still would do it because he had people holding the ladder. He had people making sure it was safe. He had people encouraging him, telling him it was safe. You can do it. The one piece about this that we need for community work is that Brendan needed to tell them. Brennan needed to say, this is, this is something that I think the Lord is calling me to. Will you guys help me? Will you help me go after it? It's so valuable. Um, I'm so grateful that, that the Lord put these values on Brendan's heart for us because with it we can go so far and do so much. And then we see this happen. I don't know if you can see that really well. But, oh, I get to use this. Here the disciples are catching all the fish. And here is Simon. In verse 8 it says, When Simon P- Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Here's what was so interesting to me about this passage is when Simon did that, when he had that vulnerable moment with Jesus, his whole community was there. They saw it. They witnessed it. They were with him when he was having a vulnerable moment with Jesus. And I think the Lord says, this is the picture of community for us that we can be that vulnerable with Jesus and have people join us in that. That's the good, that's like the treasure of community. When we can get to that place where we could be with Jesus in a, in a raw, authentic way and our community is witnessing it and they're with us and they're for us and they're cheering us on and they're catching the fish to make sure that you can go do your thing with Jesus and nothing will be left behind... I think we've, we've hit a great goal, a great goal about community. Sometimes it's the hardest part of the journey, falling before Jesus and saying, oh, Lord, I missed it. I, uh, I blew it again. I fell into temptation. I was disobedient for so many years, but I want to come back. The things that I was having Brendan climb the ladder for are important. But our relationship with Jesus and our authenticity with Jesus is the most important. And with community in the midst of that, we can't lose. We, just, we can't lose. I, I, just, I don't see how, we could, um, how that would not be okay. And even if the community you know, fails and they're maybe not how we need them to be, um, you know, then you have a great opportunity for get forgiveness and working out things, and and which will bring you to even a deeper relationship if we're willing to go there. It's worth the effort. 
I have a friend, her name is Danielle. Um, you guys know Danielle Paxton, a good friend of mine. And she was doing summer studies with her kids. And her daughter, Hannah, who is nine, they were working on opposites. And they were doing, okay, the opposite of up is down, the opposite of in is out. And then they got to the opposite of love. And, and, the, and Hannah kind of stumbled, and she's like, the opposite of love. And Daniel goes, in her mind, she was thinking, well, elementary, it's hate. The opposite of love is hate. And Hannah was just stumbling and stumbling, and all of a sudden, Danielle describes it like this. All of a sudden, Hannah got this great aha moment. She was like, I know. I know what the opposite of love is. Lonely. And I think that community is a call on our lives to eradicate loneliness and not be lonely. Community is necessary to help us step into and receive what God has for us. Verse 9 through 11, if you want to read along, I don't have it up, but he says, For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men, which is usually the focus of this passage. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. When the unexpected happened and Jesus breaks in, don't we say, I'm in, I'm yours? And I think in community we'll be able to see that more and more. Community is designed for us to experience the joy of fellowship, love, not lonely. So just end with this. So today... This fall, I just encourage you, encourage myself to get engaged in community. Get engaged in other people's lives. Allow other people to be engaged in our lives. And if we can do this and move forward together as disciples of Jesus and as a community, we're going to need a bigger ladder because we'll go further. I think we'll go further as a church and as people in the kingdom of God in community. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you that you have called us to follow you, to be in obedience to you, to be on mission with you, go wherever you go, to be in your presence continuously through prayer, and to be in community. I pray, Lord, that as we move forward, that you would speak to our hearts and show us what that means for each of us individually. What is that going to flesh out to look like? What does community for, I would just ask that each of us would ask, what does community to me look like? And Lord, are you satisfied with it? Or are you calling us to more? Thank you, Lord, that You bring us great joy in the unexpected. I thank you for the healing of Wendy and their story. ask that you would bless them and the people um, that walked with them. I ask that you would bless us as a community as we continue to walk together. In Jesus' name, amen.